lot of great things going on today. Uh, our theme for the service today is international missions. So there's going to be some great things going on along that line. And uh, it's a big day for our brother Tom McGurk. And really Tom and Courtney and the whole McGurk family. And uh, we have a special video uh, from someone overseas uh, to tell us more about that. Good morning, North River. Um, sorry I've been missing my preaching rotation, uh, but I know you have amazing preachers there and you're having an incredible time this morning. Today's a big celebration uh, there in North River. Um, uh, praise God that uh, he's raised up Tom and Courtney uh, for the work that they're doing and the ministry they've been doing um, and that Tom's going to be appointed an evangelist this morning. Congratulations. Uh, that's just really awesome. To God be the glory for that. And I just want to thank you as a fellowship there for supporting them, uh, but also being so encouraging to them as they're being sent out. Uh, you know, when there's so many lost people around us, uh, to send out uh, leaders who are having an incredible impact uh, takes a lot of faith, and it takes a lot of humility. And I just appreciate the heart of the North River Church uh, wanting to send out some of their best uh, to encourage other parts of the world. And here in Europe, we definitely need help, uh, especially with our campus ministries. Um, living in an area of almost 800 million people, um, we definitely need to be converting uh, the campuses all across Europe. Um, I'm saying hello right now from Kharkov, Ukraine, which is about 30 miles just from the Russian border. And uh, spending time here with the church and the leadership team here, I will definitely pass on their, their love to you now, and also I'll pass on your love to them uh, when I see them tomorrow at church. But I hope you have an incredible celebration and uh, we're so thankful for, me and Leonard are so thankful for our relationship with Tom and Kelly um, and the incredible impact they're continuing to have on us as we've been talking on the phone regularly. Um, it's been very encouraging for all of us here and we're thankful you're letting them come spend some time with us this summer. Um, and hopefully we as well can come and see you this summer. But we love you. Been praying for the North River Church. May God bless uh, your service today and the incredible celebration of Tom being appointed and Tom and Courtney's family. Uh, very soon being sent out. We appreciate your sacrifice and love. So talk soon. I think we just have a dream uh, for other places in, in Europe to have what we have here. Wow, there's just, uh, when you go over there, every single year and just see the needs. Um, it started to f feel like we were um, being selfish staying. I think each summer going, we started realizing more and more that it was so special what we have at North River, the campus ministry to the adult ministry to what we get to have with the worship and it's really a dream that we get to be here and be together um, with such an amazing church. And we realize going to some of these churches, they don't even have a fraction of what we even experience. And so, you know, our heart slowly started going out to these churches in Europe. We're just excited to bring, you know, this the joys of campus ministry across Europe. And I think that's the biggest thing we're passionate about is campus ministry. And we are passionate about family, you know, because we have, we do have Teo, right, Mateo? And we're excited to bring you know him to Europe and and even for him to experience the mission. I think that's something that we both feel called to is to always go where there's a need. And I think we see a big need that we really want to fill. Uh, some of the dreams that we've talked about that 
Uh, we've definitely been very inspired by specifically North River and the Southern African churches being extremely united. Um, and so even helping places like Johannesburg be an aircraft carrier, I think Port Elizabeth, Durban, Cape Town, um, Pretoria, Johannesburg. I went to school in Cape Town specifically, and I think one of the things, one of my big dreams is seeing the church, uh, particularly the campus ministry, uh, be as thriving as the campus ministries have been here. And then we would actually, in a few years, like to move to Cape Town and serve them, learn from them continually, but then really help embody having the heart of being in the full-time ministry here and helping the EDGE ministry here grow in that and then do the same thing in Cape Town. Our dream for international missions is to learn, grow, and serve here, and then move to Cape Town, South Africa, and learn, grow, and serve that church. My dream is to give all the European cities a chance to find Jesus. Oh, a million dreams for the world we're gonna make. Amen. And we're really looking forward to uh, three weeks from uh, today, I think it is, where we'll have our Generosity Sunday contribution that we have every year that supports our efforts of international missions, Southeast missions, local missions, and um, the, the work that God is doing. It's, uh, it's a special Sunday, as we've already announced. Welcome to our 11 o'clock service. We had a, a great service at 9 a.m., uh, but we've saved the, uh, the appointment of Tom and Courtney for uh, today. Others who weren't here will be able to look in on the website, you know, in just a, a day or so and be able to see it in its entirety. It's uh, international missions theme service today. If you look in your, in your newsletter, you're going to note that Steve Atkins and a group of brothers are headed off in a few days to Ghana to be able to help uh, one of the churches we're connected with there. There are wonderful things that are happening, as you can see, in other parts of Africa and other parts of the world where our, our, our members and our students go on a regular basis to be able to serve. Be sure you get a copy of the newsletter this morning. It is one of those keepsakes. It's, uh, it's entitled Tom and Courtney, Appointed Evangelist and Women's Ministry Leader. Maybe you could get some autographs. Could be worth something in 100 years from now. You never know. Okay, and, uh, but it's really one of those ones you want to you read, you want to copy, you want to bookmark it and just, uh, you know, be able to be encouraged about the way God is, uh, you know, is working, you know, together. I think I'm going to uh, have some people join me up on the stage, some very special people that will be coming up. Uh, Tom and Courtney, of course, will be coming up, you know, right now, as well as, uh, as our two women's ministry leaders here at the church, uh, Kelly Brown, my wife, and Lynn Ottenweller, along with uh, uh, Jeff uh, Hickman. We're co-evangelists here at the North River, you know, church, uh, so we can have this very special presentation you know, today. Uh, throughout history, when man wants to change history, basically he tries to do it through a battle or a ballot box. When God wants to change history, 
he, yeah, he sends a baby. You can see it in the Old Testament. You see it, of course, in the story of Jesus. And on August 5th, 1989, 28 years ago in Paris, France, little Jean Thomas McGurk was born and came into, you know, this world. God uh, indeed had a special plan and has a special plan for Tom and for Courtney, but he's got a special plan for all of us. And that's the beauty to be able to see the story continue as God works in our life and brings together all the tapestries of our ups and downs and relationships and experiences, you know, together. Tom's missionaries were baptized into Christ as campus students. How about that, campus students? Yeah, and they began their journey. They, uh, they were sent out as missionaries, you know, from uh, the Boston church, you know, to, you know, to Europe and uh, have had a, had a great impact. Uh, Courtney's uh, parents were also baptized into Christ when they were a young married couple in Ohio. We're, they left the secular uh, jobs that they were in, and they went on to go into the full-time ministry and have been doing so for many years. They're in Columbus, Ohio now, along with Brooke and Brody Snell, who lead the Ohio State ministry there. And uh, if you're noticing little Teo is not on stage, well, he's with his grandparents, Bob and Tricia Shanks from Columbus. You guys, please tell us where you are. Acknowledge you, right? Okay, on the front row. Can you throw Teo up in the air and catch him so we can all see him, you know? Okay. Uh, Tom and Courtney, of course, as uh, Cody mentioned, they've been leading the uh, Kennesaw State Campus Ministry, our North Campus, for five years, you know. Uh, now, they've led it. Uh, God, of course, is, uses all of us, but he's been able to work through them and so many other wonderful people to help the uh, Kennesaw State campus ministry to unprecedented growth, really unprecedented, at least in our fellowship, you know, of churches in the last 10 or 15 years. The ministry there has grown from 40 to about 115 students. And of course, the students graduate and they're in edge or the singles or they get married and in our, you know, general adult, you know, ministry. And so, but it's continued to grow and thrive in such a, in such a great way. In fact, our entire campus ministry, we're blessed at North River, our, started out with just a couple, few dozen students and under the leadership eventually of Tom and Courtney and Jordan Latoya Massey, our student, uh, student disciples have grown to 225 disciples, you know, that we get to share with and grow and to be able to love and to train and encourage. So God really has done, you know, you know, tremendous things. God also has this plan that he reveals over the years. Actually, Tom's mom, Carol, is an Italian citizen, you know, as it turns out. And so uh, Tom and Courtney are in the process this month of working to obtain their Italian citizen. So when they leave for Europe, uh, hopefully they'll be members of the European Union as well as holding on to your American citizenship, right? Okay, you're not renouncing us or anything. But, but it, it, it's just so obvious. God has his plan. He's working really in all, in, in all of our lives. Uh, uh, they're going to be leaving in May, and um, we'll miss them. They'll be leaving, but they won't be completely leaving because we're going to be able to see in the smiles and the fire and the hearts of so many people that have, they've left behind and inspired, so we're going to have a, a piece of them, you know, with us. And they promise to come back frequently, or at least send us a video, right, guys, so we can keep up with what's, uh, what's going on. I think one of the more inspiring things about, you know, Tom and Courtney in particular, they grew up as young people in our churches, 
And so they were in Kingdom Kids. And they, they, they appreciated you carrying all the tubs around, okay, from the hotels and other places, you know, where you met. They, they were in the third grade, in the fourth grade, and they were in middle school, and they, they went through our high school, you know, ministries, and they were campus students as well in our, you know, our campus ministries. And so they're actually an inspiration for us and our families at every age level. And to be able to see that God can really work in our lives, Tom will share about it. If you've had any time to talk with Tom and Courtney, you know it hasn't just been a continual trajectory straight up. But like all of us, there have been ups and downs and dips, and yet God has certainly used them in a, such a tremendous you know, way. Tom is going to be uh, officially appointed an evangelist this morning, and Courtney, a, a women's ministry leader in the church, uh, Kelly's going to be able to take our next little, uh, you know, few moments. Got my handkerchief ready. It's, um, it's an exciting day. It's also an emotional day. Think about working with someone for five and a half years and to see what a gift she's become to so many, many lives right here. But my heart is full of appreciation today for the way you gave your heart to God completely, and then to me to be trained in the full-time ministry. You did it without hesitation or caution, but with passion and a desire to learn and be fully trained. When I think about who you are, you were born to be a trailblazer. And honestly, Courtney, you have blazed a clear path to deeply loving the lost and changing the world. I've never seen anyone work any harder or with more faith in God that his word will not return void. The campus ministry at North River will never be the same because of you. The women are full of joy and hope and expectation because of the way you've poured out your life and energy to make sure every individual feels taken care of and is living with vision for her life. No one could slip by you on your watch. Each woman in your ministry has seen Jesus more clearly because of you. Thank you for loving them with his heart of compassion and kindness. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. As you've traveled around the U.S. and around the world, around Europe, every mission trip you've taken young women on has produced deeper faith and a desire to make a difference in the world. People come back changed. They're not the same. You have put into the heart of a woman a desire to see the miracles and power of God. Young women all over the world are hungry for this kind of faith you live out every day. I can't possibly put into words how proud I am of you. Like Paul said to Timothy in Philippians 2, I have no one like you. I have no one else like you who takes a genuine interest in people's welfare. Everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Christ. But you know that Courtney has proved herself because as a daughter with her mother, she served with me in the work of the gospel. You truly are a daughter to me. And so much more, you are my heart. You are what gives me confidence and peace that God will carry out his plan to reach more and more people with the gospel. In Europe and other parts of the world, 
because I've seen you walk by faith every single day. I've seen you fast. I've seen you pray. I've seen you wrestle over souls. I've seen you stay the course when it seemed like not much was happening. And then seeing God bless that perseverance with fruit. You've never been a quitter or someone who shrinks back. I admire that strength and complete dependence on God. Thank you for inspiring all of us. I believe you'll continue to inspire us for years to come. And as you embark on your next adventure, it is with the greatest possible joy. I can recognize you as a well-trained, humble servant of God and women's ministry leader in God's church. I just wanted to say, you know, a quick thank you because, you know, without these women on stage and men, but without my parents and even some family friends um, here with us, I definitely don't feel like I could ever be in this place and, you know, even be standing here. And I really am just so grateful for all my campus students, my friends and family over here. Um, they are truly family to me. Um, but I could not do what I do, I think, and even be here without some of these women right on stage, just thinking about the footsteps of faith that they've really led me through. And so I'm just really faithful and excited to be on the mission. I think it's in this church, I'm so grateful that young women are equipped and trained, that young men and women are focused on here, that they're raised up, and that I get to be a part of the dream, you know, the many, many dreams here today um, and for the future. So thank you for equipping me for the mission field. Thank you. All right, Courtney, now Kelly will give you your official certificate of ordination, all right? All right. And, of course, we got one for Tom, too. Here you go. <laughs> but that's not all. So, this is probably what their backpack looks like after a couple of years at Kennesaw State. You know, the stain torn kind of uh, backpack, and we wanted to send them off with something that would really make a difference. We know that you're not only going to be helping in the campus ministry in Paris, we know you're going to be traveling all over your rail, and you're not going to be able to carry everything you want, so we have gotten for you some professional backpacks. <laughs> not only that, but they have a lifetime warranty. So they will be with you a lifetime, and you can exchange them when you need to. They have a workplace inside for laptop and an iPad, and they have a side packet with a bag for your son's snacks. <laughs> when you need to do a day trip, like this. Small bag and a little mini backpack inside them. So congratulations, and we're so happy. So, Linda, we have one or two, or are they going to have to fight over this, you know? Oh, we got two, and complementary colors. Now, naturally, that's like really, you know, important, you know, as well. The, um, 
You know, it's, uh, it's, it's also traditional to, um, you know, present not just a certificate or maybe a little luggage or, you know, a small gift, but also to be able to present Bibles. Uh, we actually have two Bibles for Tom and Courtney. One is the Louis Seron 21 uh, Bible in French, okay? It's not here. <laughs> it takes a long time to get over here by boat, you know? So it's on its way, but, uh, you know, Tom and Courtney will have that. But then we also have an uh, a English Bible, you know, as well, that uh, will be, I know, very meaningful, you know, to them together with uh, inscription on this day when they're, you know, appointed and, uh, you, know, you know, an evangelist. You know, the, the Bible makes it real clear, the role of an evangelist, and Tom has really exhibited this for quite a long time. It tells us an evangelist in the, world, in, in, the, in the kingdom needs to be able to make and equip disciples, to be able to handle the word of God, you know, correctly, to preach boldly and effectively, to embrace the role of a servant, to be able to raise up other leaders, to be able to faithfully discharge all the duties of their ministry, because there are many really in a church, particularly in a growing church, that other church leaders would, would have confidence in them and, and commend them. And then really exhibit spiritual progress in every area, which is what 1 Timothy chapter 4.15 uh, talks about what Paul referred, uh, you know, to Timothy. You know, Tom, you like in all of these areas, you've exhibited this and way, way, way much more, you know, than that, you know, for all of us. I think, um, you know, there's so much to be able to share about Tom and Courtney. Fortunately, we have other settings to be able to do this. And so we have some special send-offs with smaller groups and with the campus and with some of the, the other members in our church. And, and we'll have the opportunity to really share, you know, you know, very personally. But, Tom, you've been like, for me, you know, you, you inspire me. And I, I think of all these things in your life that, that you have and you've exhibited, it's your love, your love for other people, your love for me, above all else, a man of God and an evangelist in God's kingdom is, has to be a man who loves deeply and greatly and loves often. And you've done that in my life, in the lives of the people on the stage, in so many lives here that you've touched. Your love for Courtney inspires me and the people around you and your love for Teo. You're right now the great dad you've already become. Your love and respect for your mom and dad inspires me and all of us your your love and respect for jesus's church even though you grew up as a kid in it and you've seen all the issues that all of us see you you, you deeply love jesus and his church your love and your vision for the ministry you know and for helping other people be in the ministry your your love and belief in your guys you know cody all your guys you know it's just inspiring your love for the bible your love for god and because you know of, of, of all else, a man of God, you know, must be a man above everything else who loves with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love God, love people, and loves the world enough to be able to pour your life. Love always finds a way, and you've found a way consistently in all our lives. And you, you and Courtney will never be away from, for, you know, from our hearts. I'd like to, uh, to read out of both of your new Bible. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, which is the, the charge from God about an evangelist. In the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. 
Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great many of teachers who will say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn away from the truth and they'll wander into myth. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Congratulations, Tom, on allowing God and the Holy Spirit to raise you up for this role in his church. We love and appreciate you and uh, are deeply grateful that we get to be a part of the McGurk's lives. Thank you very much. We're going to continue a uh, tradition, so to speak, uh, from Scripture, where when people are sent off, hands are laid upon them, and they are prayed over uh, for their future endeavors. So please join us as we pray uh, for Tom and Courtney. Father, we are humbled, and we want to come to you with hearts full of praise, because we know that you have allowed all of this to happen. And Father, we know that in Scripture, so early in Scripture, right after you created us, we chose to go our own way. But Father, you promised even then that you would raise people up that would follow the seed of the spiritual woman. And Father, through the Scriptures, we see people striving to, to walk with you in the midst of their cultures and to strive to hold on to the teachings that, Father, you have given and Father, I'm just humbled to, to see how Tom and Courtney have embraced the role you've had for their lives. But Father, I know it started a long time ago. I know there were many talks over kitchen tables, many talks in, in cars with their, with their parents about spiritual things. And Father, I know that coming here that they have really opened themselves up for instruction and given themselves fully to the work of the ministry. And Father, it has not been easy, but they have been steadfast, and they have held true to your principles, and have walked on campus, and even at times been shunned away from campus, but never gave up their faith, and never gave up the fight, because they know your dream, Father, is that all men and women will come to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will acknowledge who Jesus really is, your Son, the Savior of us all. And Father, we, we hate to see them go, but we know it's the right thing. And Father, we know that they're going to get on that plane, and they're going to land, and they're going to get off that plane, and they're going to preach the word. And they're going to not just preach the word, they're going to lay down their lives. They're going to share their hearts. They're going to bring people into their homes. And Father, we just pray that we can feel a part of that. I pray that the connections of our hearts will never, ever be broken, that we will always stay connected to one another through conversations, through prayer, and through updating one another on what you are doing in our various places. 
Father, we, pour, we, we pray that you pour your rich blessing on them. Father, watch over them. Protect them. Give them special friendships inside the church and outside the church. Help the neighborhood that they end up living in to be filled with people that they can reach out to. Help Mateo to make great friends as he grows up. And we really pray that he will walk in the faith as well. Father, this is a moment that we will always remember. We pray that there will be more men and women who will take that charge to heart to preach the word wherever they go. And so we thank you for the privilege of being able to serve alongside of Tom and Courtney. And we also thank you for the privilege of being able to send them off as an evangelist and a women's ministry leader. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, uh, well, it's uh, it's really hard to to share with you guys today. I think uh, I'm I'm not sure if I'm my tears are already gone from the 9 a.m. It's not easy doing the back to back, um, but uh, man, I love this group, and I'm just uh, so abundantly grateful. You know, Courtney and I moved here five and a half years ago, and we, you know, I'd like to say that I believe that all this stuff was going to happen, but I just had no idea what I was getting myself into, and um, I'm just so grateful for you guys. Um, I love you guys uh, just so much. You know, I, I, I came here, um, you know, I had a couple options of, uh, as we were interviewing for places, and ultimately, like, I, I came because... I wanted to be like you, Tom, and uh, I just am super, just eternally grateful for the impact that you've had on my life. Uh, Kelly, you too. I mean, I'm definitely a product of just being fortunate enough to have some people in my life that were willing to invest, which is why I think it's super important that we invest in each other, um, because uh, none of us can do it alone. Or on our own, and uh, grateful for you, Bob and Trish, mom and dad. Grateful for you guys. I don't know if is that them on Facetime or someone. I think they're on. They're somewhere, but uh, you got them. But I'm grateful for you guys, and uh, I think Courtney is on baby maintenance right now. But uh, you know, I'm definitely not here. I mean, you guys know I wouldn't be here without Courtney, right? That's pretty obvious. But. Um, <laughs> I'm grateful to have a partner to fight, you know, fight crime with. And, uh, and uh, you know, before I start, I want to show a video. And, uh, you know, maybe turn your Bibles to Exodus 14 as we're getting there. And I think this, uh, this video really does paint a picture of, of uh, what's happening in this point in the Israelite story. And also really paints a picture of really why I do what I do. And uh, I, I love this video, so let, let's take, it's, it's a couple minutes long, but I think it's worth, uh, worth watching. So at this point, I'd like to cue the video. Thank you. 
What a devastating video. You know, I love, uh, I love that moment on the picnic, you know, where, where that brother take, make, takes a look at that other brother. And it's just been amazing the last five years being able to look at you guys like that. Just so proud and inspired by the decisions that you guys have made to follow Jesus. It's just, it's amazing. And uh, I never want to forget these moments. You know, the, the devastating thing about this video though, right guys, is it's the what if. You know, it's, it's the what if, and I got a question for you. Do you remember almost turning back? You know, in Exodus 14, in verse 10, I'm sorry, you're going to have to hear my sniffling as I talk because the mic is right next to my nose. <laughs> but in verse 10, it says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out, Lord, they said to Moses, what is it because there, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What if you had, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. You know, what if the entire Israelite group here decided to turn back? What if, what if the masses won this conversation? What if Moses wasn't able to convince? What if God didn't come through? What if they decided to not believe that following God is better than slavery? What if, do you remember? maybe almost turning back. I think about the different times in my life. I think of some significant moments when I was a sophomore in high school. And, you know, I grew up in this, in this church and I, you know, I remember wanting to follow Jesus, wanting to be different, but then my sophomore year just kind of deciding I'm done. Like I'm done, I just am tired of fitting, trying to like just be so different from everyone else. Everyone else seems like they're having such a good time, which spoiler alert, they're really not. But it was so convincing, and then I, I remember, you know what, I'm just going to stop trying. I remember my sophomore year distinctively, just decided I'm going to stop, stop trying. So I started drinking, I started um, talking differently at school, started cursing. I remember a specific moment at the lunch table when I, I cursed for like the first time at the lunch table. And uh, one of the people stopped me and said, what did you just say? And I, I said it again, you know. I go, well, I've never heard you swear ever before. And I was like, well, bleep you. Something like that. But I remember being so calloused. Just this pressure of wanting to fit in, wanting to fit into this world. And, you know, it can happen as an adult too, not just in high school. Sometimes the pressures at work can get us to a different place to decide to turn back from our own convictions I remember specifically, I remember in, high, in, co in college, my junior year, uh, Courtney dumped me like a sack of bricks <laughs> for good reason, and, uh, and I was in the ministry, but I'd really fooled people. I was like a student like intern 
and I'd really fooled people. The life that I lived outside was very different than behind closed doors. I remember finally getting exposed and being taken out of the ministry, fired, and then Courtney breaking up with me. I remember a very distinct choice. Okay, well, the jig is up. I've been found out. I could just turn tail and run here. I remember those moments very specifically. Not to mention just every time I have sin in my life that I don't want to get open about, that I want to harbor in, I feel that temptation. Not to mention just each year as the, you know, more and more people have become Christians in the campus ministry, realizing that it's going to take more work to take care of those people and help them. It's going to take more God and realizing, man, the temptation to find comfort, to find the path of least resistance. I feel those moments of just wanting to turn back. What about you? Do you remember those moments? You know, some of us are in those moments right now where you have some decisions to make and you have no idea what's on the other side of the sea. You have no idea what God really wants for your life. If you would just trust him through this part that seems so difficult to surmount or, or whatever, to just really believe that, no, whatever it is, it can't be better than slavery. Or the other way around. Did I say it right? Yeah. The second sermon. <laughs> Some of us, we live in this world where we actually... Instead of thinking about those moments with dread of turning back, we actually think about those moments like, what if? What if I did? Wow, maybe this would be different or that. You know, that movie is, or that video is, is so scary, but I got another question for you. Do you remember your deliverance? Do you remember when you decided not to turn back? When you decided, you know what, no, Jesus, he really is worth it. You know, I remember when I went through those waters. I remember, I remember kind of feeling numb. Like everyone was around and kind of just, I acknowledged in my head, like, this is the biggest decision of my life that I'm making. But just kind of not feeling totally in touch with what was going on. Do you remember making Jesus Lord? Do you remember saying it, those words? Did you scream it? Because you were so excited. Did you silent with resolve, quietly say, Jesus is Lord? How did you say it? What was going through your mind? Were you anxious? As people were sharing about you potentially, or people were talking, were you just thinking to yourself, can we get on with this so I can get through these waters? Like, I've got, there's a Pharaoh's army is after me. Is that what you were thinking, or were you just embracing every moment, getting, oh my goodness, I love you too, bro, and I'm so grateful for you, I wouldn't have done this without you. Is that what you were doing? Were you grateful? Did you have tunnel vision, just with your eye on the prize? What was it? You know, after you went through those waters, did you, and everyone was screaming and singing, you know, in Exodus 15, actually, right after this monumentous moment, a song is written to celebrate the occasion. 
It's the first song in the Old Testament. The first song because it was such a beautiful, they were against all odds. Right? I mean, there's no chance. If God doesn't pull through, there is no chance that they get deliverance. They were cornered at the Red Sea, chariots coming. There's no outrunning them. And that's exactly where all of us are in our sin. You have no chance. There's no way you can get around it. You can't escape it. It's coming after you. And the only way you can escape it is if that, that army gets hurled into the sea. If your sin gets hurled into the sea, and unless that happens, you're done. You know, I remember coming out of those waters feeling still numb. Some of you guys, I rem- I've seen them. I mean, I remember Zechariah when we had a baptistry right here. I think he might have punched a hole in the ceiling when he went out of those waters. I mean, he was just like, I, I'm going to do something. I'm going to hurt myself. But he just jumped. Do you guys remember? Do you remember? You know, for me, I was numb. But I remember thinking to myself, I just, I just committed. I did it. I finally did it. I'm, I finally made my commitment. I know where I stand before God. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Forgiveness? I couldn't even comprehend it. You know, I, I, I promise you my parents didn't like do massive scare tactics with me when I was a kid, but I, I significantly remember moments in my life, like I remember when I was 12 years old for some reason praying, God, please don't come back right now, I'm not ready. Like I just was kind of like that. I, knew, I just knew, I, I remember moments like having dreams where, where Jesus comes back and there's like everyone's getting their letters in the mail with like, an, like you're good. And I remember everyone talking about their letter, like, like and, and I, I didn't get mine. I, like, I had these dreams, like, just tormented. But then I remember, like, when I made that decision, being able to sleep at night. Just peace. That I'm good. That there's nothing chasing me anymore. Wow, do you remember your deliverance? My question for you is, it's still fresh on your mind. You know, they wrote in Exodus 15, and if you look in verse 1, that Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. They... They had to celebrate. And you know what? I truly believe that this was not just a moment that they wanted to celebrate, celebrate here, but they wrote it down for a reason. You know, could you write a song about what Jesus did for you? Could you celebrate? Have you done that? Do you think about how lost you were? And what God has done for you? Now, I want to pull up, a, if, if we can, this slide. And this is Psalm 106. And the thing that's inspiring about the Red Sea is that the Red Sea reference happens in Exodus 14, but then it happens 20, 30, 40 times afterwards. Because this was not meant to be a moment in time. This was meant to be a benchmark to refer back to. What's amazing is, 
In verse, uh, in, in verse 7, it says, when our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the sea. We just read about that, the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake. To make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea and dried it up. He led them through the depths as through a desert. He saved them from the hand of the foe. From the hand of the enemy, he redeemed them. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them survived. Then they believed his promises and sang his praise. But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. Forgetting something as powerful as this does spiritual damage. Is it fresh on your mind what Jesus did for you? Do you remember? For some of us, it may have been years past. Is it still fresh on your mind? You know, one of my, my greatest fears as I think about leaving is what if I forget? What if I forget about what God did here? What if I forget? Because it's not just about remembering our deliverance. Do you remember the first time you helped someone else be delivered? Where you helped them? You know, obviously God did it all, right? But he used a man like Moses to lead that, them through the waters. And Do you remember that time when, when you were there? You know, I remember one, a time for me. I remember Harrison and Jackie. And I could share a story about all y'all, but this one's pretty ridiculous. I remember Harrison and Jackie. I was sharing my faith at the card service line in Kennesaw State. The thing about the card service line is they can't run away because they're trying to get their parking decal, and they've been waiting 25 minutes, so it's like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> and so I'm out there sharing through the lines, kind of four at a time, and I'm going through, and, and you know, lo and behold, Harrison and Jackie and, and uh, two other people, because I'm trying to share four at a time. I mean, it's awkward enough to go, hey, are you interested? Are you interested? Are you? But I, you know, I'll go four at a time. So I'm sharing, and then this woman that is not Harrison or Jackie, these two other women are with them, and the woman goes, oh, are you talking about the, you know, like, you know, because he like, she was like, oh, I know that Jesus, he like talks about weed a ton, and it's like amazing, and, and I was like so thrown off, and I tried to just play it off, and I was like, oh yeah, he does have the parable of the weeds, that's true, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to, but I don't think it's what you're referencing, and then she got a little bit more hostile, and she showed a pornographic image of Jesus having sex that said, Jesus bleeping Christ. She said, is this the Jesus that you're talking about? And I remember just something inside. I was like, what is wrong with you? You could have said no. If you're not interested, just say no. I'm just trying, I'm, if, I'm just giving you an option, but if you're not interested, back off. I remember saying something like that. Can you vouch for me, Harrison? Something similar. You know, up until this point, Harrison was just excited to be in college, to be honest. <laughs> and to be dating a D1 athlete. That was probably like the two things he was probably the really, because Jackie played soccer. 
But Jackie and her just, you know, she's like, oh, it sounds cool. And the moment that happened, I, I remember Jackie just go, well, we're interested. And, they, and then they came. And then Nathan and I met Nathan. And then Becca came. And I, and I just, and their whole, this friend group became Christians. And it was just inspiring to the changes that they made. And the friendship that they forged. And I just, oh my goodness, this is what I live for. Is there anything better? Is there anything? There's nothing better than seeing deliverance. There's nothing better in my own life. Are you kidding me? Nothing. You can't put a price on that memory. You can't. Are you kidding? Being able to see someone's life change. You know, I remember when Becca was sharing her faith with someone and and, and Becca, after she helped this girl go through the water, she, she said, Tom, look what I'm doing. I just, I just dropped my first fruit. <laughs> and she was, she was literally going like this, going, I just dropped. And I was, she was so stoked. It was so amazing. Do you remember? And it doesn't even have to be the first. Do you remember just having a great conversation? And it might have not been when they were, when they, you know, when they became Christians, but you helped them not give up. But there's nothing better. And my question is, do you remember? Because if you've forgotten, then you might, you might not miss it that much. You know, it's, it's, it's an easy choice to lay down your life to see miracles happen. You know, but here in this moment, there's... There's risk, there's, there's, and, and I think sometimes that's scary. We, you know, they're at the edge of a knife. They could go this way or that way, right? In this moment in the sea, and, and the reality is, if it was easy, who would have gotten the glory? If it was an easy solution, if they were able to just walk across and escape, who gets the glory? You do. What about a life where you can work so hard in the only way that, Anything's going to happen is if God pulls through. It's a good question to ask is, are you living a, right, a life right now that if God didn't pull through, it would make a difference? You know, it's an incredible thing. You know, if deliverance was easy, you get the glory. You know, some of us are in moments right now where we feel like it's really tough. And we've got to decide to rely on God. But you know what's scary is this is sometimes what we do. Let's go to this last verse here. So they're fighting. And in verse 13, Moses is trying to help and says, in, verse, in chapter 14, Moses answers the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians see you today and you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you, and you need only be still. Amen. Some truth to that. But unfortunately, I think sometimes that's the way our Christian world works today. Don't worry. You need only be still. Unfor that's not where God ends this story. In verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Yeah. 
We live in a world today, and I like to call it standstill Christianity, which is I'm going to stand here and I want God to do it all. You know, I was talking to someone just this week about as I was trying to help them to see the need to be a disciple. And what a disciple does, which is they go and fish for men. Just end of story. That's what a disciple does. They follow Jesus and they fish for men. And he said, well, you know, it's not my gift. And, you know, but I'll share with like the one or two people around me. And, you know, there's like so many other Christians out there that they can share with one or two. And that way will make a difference. And unfortunately... That's the way that our world, how we all think. And so, so often, nothing gets done. You know, we need people that are going to decide to not stand still and wait for God to do something. But actually, God doesn't want to just fight for you. He wants to fight with you. He wants you in the game. He wants you to risk it, to lay it all on the line. And then what is he going to do? He'll pull through. You know, are you standing still? Are you moving on in your own walk with God or in as you help other people? I challenge you this week to consider writing a song or writing something to remember all the details that God had to do to help you find deliverance. But at the end of the day, I think we need to get on the streets challenge you to get on the streets, to move on, to value someone else's deliverance more than your comfort. And pray for me, guys, because I'm going to need them a lot. I love you guys.